Hello? 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 Yes, this is MCO. Hello? This is MCO. Hello? Hello? This is another MCO and transmission. This is the Vimalakirti Nirdesha Sutra, the advice of the layman Vimalakirti. Chapter 5 Manju Shri inquires about illness. Then the Buddha said to Manju Shri, You should go visit Vimalakirti and inquire about his illness. Manju Shri replied to the Buddha, saying, World honored one, that is a superior person, difficult to approach. He has deeply penetrated the true characteristic and is good at explaining the essentials of the Dharma. With unhindered eloquence, his wisdom is unobstructed. He thoroughly understands all the Dharma and style of the Bodhisattvas and has entered into the secret treasury of all the Buddhas without attainment. Subjugator of Maras, he plays with the superpowers. His pranya is upayak, having totally attained liberation. Nevertheless, I will accept the Buddha's request and proceed to inquire about his illness. Then the bodhisattvas and major disciples in the assembly, the brahmas, indras, and four heavenly kings, all thought to themselves, Now these two great men, Manjushri and Vimalakirti, will be talking together, and they will surely explain the subtle dharma. At that time, 8,000 bodhisattvas, 500 voice-hearers, and hundreds and thousands of heavenly and human beings all wished to follow along. Then Manjushri, with all the bodhisattvas, major disciples, and human and heavenly beings reverently surrounding and accompanying him, proceeded to enter the great city of Vaishali. At that time, the elder Vimalakirti pondered, thinking, Manjushri and a great company are now coming. Then, by spiritual power, he emptied his house, and everything there was gone, even the assistance. The only thing left standing was a bed upon which the ill reclined. When Manjushri entered the house, he saw that it had been emptied without anything there, only a bed resting. Then Vimalakirti said, Welcome, Manjushri. You arrive with the characteristic of not arriving. You are seen with the characteristic of not being seen. Manjushri replied, So it is, Kulapati, householder. What has already arrived has no more arriving. What has departed has no more departing. How so? That which arrives has nowhere to come from. That which is gone has nowhere to go. That which can be seen is no more seen. But enough of these things. Kulapati, this illness, is it tolerable? Is the treatment having an effect? Say it hasn't increased. Vimalakirti replied, From confusion there is love. Then my illness arises. It is because all sentient beings are ill that I am ill. If all sentient beings' illness ceases, then my illness ceases. How is that? The Bodhisattva enters samsara, birth and death.
for all sentient beings. Having birth and death, then there is illness. If sentient beings attain freedom from illness, then the bodhisattva is without further illness. Just like parents whose only child becomes ill, the father and mother are also ill. If the child's illness feels better, the father and mother also feel better. It could also be asked of this illness, how does it come about? The bodhisattva's illness comes about through great compassion. Manjushri said, Kulapati, this room, how is it empty without assistance? Vimalakirti replied, The lands of all Buddha lands are also entirely empty. Manjushri again asked, What is empty? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Emptiness is empty. Manjushri again asked, How can emptiness be empty? Vimalakirti replied, saying, By not differentiating emptiness, there is emptiness. Manjushri again asked, Emptiness can be differentiated? Vimalakirti replied, saying, Differentiation is also empty. Manjushri again asked, How should emptiness be sought? Vimalakirti replied, It should be sought in the sixty-two erroneous views. Manjushri again asked, How should the sixty-two erroneous views be sought? Vimalakirti replied, saying, They should be sought within the liberation of all Buddhas. Manjushri again asked, How should the liberation of all Buddhas be sought? Vimalakirti replied, saying, It should be sought within the conditioned mind of every sentient being. You, sir, you also asked, How is it without assistance? Every horde of Mara and all the heretics, they are all my assistance. How so? The hordes of Mara delight in birth and death, whereas the Bodhisattva does not relinquish birth and death. Those heretics of outside ways delight in views, whereas the Bodhisattva is not moved by views. Manjushri said, The Kulapati's illness, what are its characteristics? Vimalakirti replied, My illness is without shape, it cannot be seen. Manjushri again asked, This illness, is it of the body or of the mind? Vimalakirti replied, saying, It is not of the body, since bodily characteristics are transcendent, and it is also not of the mind, since the mind is like an illusion. Manjushri again asked, Earth, water, fire, wind? Of these four great elements, of which element is your illness? Vimalakirti replied, saying, this illness is not of the earth element, but it is also not apart from the earth element. Water, fire, and wind are also like this. However, the illnesses of sentient beings are from the four great elements, and because they have illness, I am ill. Then Manjushri inquired of Vimalakirti, saying, How should a bodhisattva 
comfort bodhisattvas who are ill. Vimalakirti replied, saying, Tell them the body is impermanent, but don't tell them to despise the body. Tell them the body is suffering, but don't tell them to take pleasure in nirvana. Tell them the body is without self, yet tell them to teach and guide sentient beings. Tell them the body is quiescent, but don't tell them of the ultimate cessation. Tell them of remorse for former transgressions, yet don't tell them to dwell in the past. By one's own illness, comfort the illness of others. One should be conscious of the immeasurable kulpas of past lifetimes of suffering. One should be mindful of benefiting all sentient beings. Remember blessings that have been cultivated. Be mindful of pure living. Never give rise to vexation. Constantly bring forth great determination. One should be a physician king, healing all the various illnesses. Bodhisattvas should comfort bodhisattvas who are ill like this, by making them happy. Manjushri said, Kulapati, bodhisattvas who are ill, how can they control their minds? Vimalakirti said, Bodhisattvas who are ill should think, This present illness of mine comes entirely from confused, inverted thinking from the past, born of all the afflictions. There is no actual thing that experiences illness. How is that so? Due to the coming together of the four great elements, there is what is provisionally called a body. The four great elements are without a master, and the body is also without a self. And so this illness arises entirely from attachment to self. For this reason, one should not give rise to attachment to self. Thereby understanding the origin of illness, they then cease perception of a self and the perception of sentient beings. One should give rise to the perception of dharmas, and they should think, it is only through the gathering of dharmas that this body is produced. Its arising is only the arising of dharmas. Its ceasing is only the cessation of dharmas. Also, these dharmas, each is unknown to the other. When they arise, they do not say, I have arisen. When they cease, they do not say, I have ceased. These bodhisattvas who are ill consider the perception of the cessation of dharmas, and they should think, This perception of dharmas, this is also inverted thinking, and inverted thinking is a great calamity that I ought to transcend. How is it transcended? By transcending I and mine. How are I and mine transcended? By transcending duality. How is duality transcended? By being without mindfulness of interiority or exteriority, regarding all dharmas with equanimity. What is equanimity? It is the equality of self and nirvana. How is that so? The self and nirvana, these two are empty. Because they are merely names, they are empty. Like this, duality 
is without any certain fixed nature, and this attainment is equanimity without any remaining illness, there being only the illness of emptiness, and the illness of emptiness is empty. These bodhisattvas who are ill, by there being nothing to experience, experience all experiences, and while not yet complete in Buddha Dharma, acquire realization without the cessation of experience. Suppose the body has suffering. Be mindful of sentient beings born in evil realms, and give rise to a greatly compassionate mind, thinking, I have controlled the mind. I should also tame all sentient beings. By just eliminating the illness, but not eliminating anything, teaching and guiding how to cut off the root of illness. What is the root of illness? It is troublesome entanglements. The root of illness is from there being troublesome entanglements. What is that which is entangled? That which is of the triple world. How are troublesome entanglements cut off? By there being nothing to attain. If there is nothing to attain, then there are no troublesome entanglements. Why is it said there is nothing to attain? It is beyond dualistic views. What is called a dualistic view? It is the view from within and the view of outside. These are without attainment. Manjushri. This is how these bodhisattvas who are ill control their minds, how they cut off old age, illness, death, and suffering. This is the bodhisattva's buddhi awakening. If it is not like this, then that which has been practiced will have been without wisdom or benefit. Just like one who is victorious over their enemy may be considered a hero. Like this, a bodhisattva is so called for being one who eliminates old age, illness, and death. Those bodhisattvas who are ill should also think, just as my illness is neither real nor existent, the illness of sentient beings is neither real nor existent. When making this observation, if there should arise an affectionate view of great compassion for all sentient beings, then this too should be relinquished. Why? Bodhisattvas remove completely defiling dust and afflictions, and then give rise to great compassion. One who is compassionate from an affectionate view will then have a mind of aversion towards birth and death. If one is able to transcend that, they will be without aversion. And wherever they are reborn, they won't be hindered by affectionate views. Being born without bonds, they are able to explain to sentient beings the liberation of the Dharma. As the Buddha has said, if one is bound themselves, there is no way they would be able to free another. If one is without bonds, there is certainly a way that they would be able to free another. For this reason, bodhisattvas should not give rise to bonds. What are bonds? What is freedom? A desirous attachment to the taste of dhyana meditation. That is the bond of bodhisattvas. Being born of upaya is the freedom 
of bodhisattvas. Furthermore, to be without upaya is to have bound wisdom, while to have upaya is to have liberated wisdom. To be without wisdom is to have bound upaya, while to have wisdom is to have liberated upaya. What is it to be without upaya and to have wisdom in bondage? It is for bodhisattvas to use affection to adorn Buddha lands and fulfill sentient beings' wishes, to control oneself within emptiness, characteristiclessness, and wishlessness. This is called being without upaya and having wisdom in bondage. What is it to have upaya with liberated wisdom? It is not to use affection to adorn Buddha lands and fulfill sentient beings' wishes, and to control oneself so as to be without aversion, within emptiness, characteristiclessness, and wishlessness. This is called having upaya with liberated wisdom. What is it to be without wisdom and to have bound upaya? It is for bodhisattvas to plant a host of virtuous roots while abiding in the afflictions of desire, anger, and false views. This is called being without wisdom, with upaya in bondage. What is it to have wisdom with liberated upaya? It is to transcend the afflictions of desire, anger, and false views and plant a host of virtuous roots, transferring it all to Anuttara Samyaksambodhi. This is called having wisdom with liberated upaya. Manjushri, bodhisattvas who are ill should observe dharmas like this. Also, to observe the body as impermanent, suffering, empty, and without self is called wisdom. Though the body is ill, it always exists in birth and death. To benefit all without tiring, this is called upaya. Also, to observe the body, one should realize that the body does not transcend illness, and illness does not transcend the body, and that this illness and this body are neither new nor old. This is called wisdom. For one's body to be ill but to never cease is called upaya. Manjushri Bodhisattvas who are ill should control their minds like this, not abiding within a controlled mind and also not abiding without a controlled mind. How is that so? If they were to abide in an undisciplined mind, this is the method of fools. If they abide with a controlled mind, this is the method of Shravaka voice hearers. For this reason, bodhisattvas should not abide in a controlled mind or an uncontrolled mind. Transcending this duality, this is the practice of bodhisattvas. To be within birth and death without polluting practices, to abide in nirvana without ever completely ceasing, this is the practice of bodhisattvas. Neither a common practice nor the practice of sages, this is the practice of bodhisattvas. 
neither defiled practice nor pure practice. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though they perform practices of Mara, they then subjugate the hordes of Mara. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Seeking omniscience, but not seeking it at the wrong time. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though observing that all dharmas are birthless, they do not enter the absolute. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though observing the twelve links of the chain of dependent origination arise, they enter all erroneous views. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though embracing all sentient beings, they are without affectionate attachment. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though delighting in transcendence, they do not rely on eliminating the body and mind. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing within the triple realm, they do not destroy the nature of dharmas. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing within emptiness, they plant a host of virtuous roots. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing within characteristiclessness, they rescue sentient beings. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing within wishlessness, they appear to receive a body. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing without arising, they give rise to all virtuous practices. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the six paramitas, they transcend the minds and inclinations of all sentient beings. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the six penetrations, they do not cease outflows. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the four immeasurable states of mind, they do not desire being reborn in the Brahma-viharas. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing dhyana-vimoksha, and samadhi. They are not reborn in accord with dhyana. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the four foundations of mindfulness, they never transcend body, sensations, mind states, and dharmas. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the four right efforts, they never relinquish determination of body and mind. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the four steps towards supernatural powers, they have attained sovereign spiritual power. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the five faculties, they differentiate the sharp and dull faculties of all sentient beings. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the five spiritual superpowers, they delight in seeking the ten powers of a Buddha. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the seven factors of enlightenment, they differentiate the wisdom of the Buddhas. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the noble eightfold path, they delight in practicing the immeasurable path of the Buddha. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing shamatha and vipassana, calming and insight, as factors of the path, they do not sink into tranquil cessation. This 
is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though practicing the non-arising and non-ceasing of all dharmas, they adorn their bodies with the auspicious characteristics. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though appearing with the deportment of shravakas and pratekya buddhas, they do not relinquish the Buddha Dharma. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though being in accord with the ultimate characteristic of purity of all dharmas, they manifest bodily in accord with what is needed. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though observing that the lands of all Buddha lands are forever tranquil like empty space, they appear in all kinds of pure Buddha lands. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. Though attaining enlightenment, turning the Dharma wheel, and entering nirvana, they never relinquish the way of the bodhisattva. This is the practice of bodhisattvas. When explained in these words, 8,000 gods from within the great assembly headed by Manjushri all generated Anuttara Samyaksam Bodhicitta, the mind of supreme, unsurpassable enlightenment. <laughs>